here with Mike Passerstein. Uh, Mike is the director of our emergency medicine clerkship and a very important person to many, many medical students who want to go into emergency medicine. Uh, Mike uh, runs the educational program uh, for them, helps them guide them through the many life changes and choices that they have. And I have, uh, since I started doing this podcast, uh, this particular podcast is something I really, really have been wanting to do. So um, uh, Mike also is one of our uh, EMS uh, folks and is a faculty member of the EMS division. So um, between teaching EMS and teaching EMTs and uh, teaching medical students, Mike is teaching all the time. A lot of teaching. (laughs) So I, I think that um, uh, I, I, I really wanted to do this article, and the article that we're going to do is the Three-Minute Emergency Medicine Medical Student Presentation, a variation on a theme. It's by Davenport et al. It's not recent. It's been around since 2008, and I think that med students just really need to um, – dive into this article and get themselves ready for their uh, clerkships and their, uh, you know, their rotations uh, by getting skills from this. Mike, why do you think this is important? You're running the clerkship. You got a lot of med students who are saying, like, how do I get ready, right? How do I, you know, dress to impress? So what we uh, find is that students really are, they're taught uh, during medical school how to do a presentation, but often it's not done by emergency medicine faculty. And what we uh, notice is that the most uh, time that students spend with with faculty is during the oral presentation. Uh Ah, yeah. And uh, subsequent to that. We don't watch them in the room, right? We don't don't see what they're doing with the patient. All we can do is we judge them by their presentations. Exactly, So so they're being judged and therefore graded by how well they do on their oral presentation. And that obviously can have profound uh, effects on their application and therefore where they end up in in residency in their careers. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's ubiquitous. I think we judge each each other on our oral presentations, right? So you're getting a sign out from a fellow attending and if the attending's like, oh, uh, let's see, what was the uh, troponin? You start to go like, huh, maybe I should check this chart. So we do it to each other. It's a hallmark of, um, of, uh, of someone who's in control or understands what's going on clinically that they're able to uh, synthesize that into a presentation that makes sense and, and, and can be retained. What's the article say about all this? So this is a qualitative article. Uh, there, it's not a, 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 a study with controls and uh, metrics. Um, they're exactly. really just using their own success uh, on how they assisted learners uh, on, on how to do their presentations. Uh, their goal was to have the, the learners present in under four minutes. Oh, right. So Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that is certainly uh, ideal. That is certainly ideal. So uh, when they did a um, uh, literature search, uh, the authors found that the first uh, mention in the literature of the oral presentation was from the dean of the New Orleans Medical School in 1846. And uh, though it seems intuitive that- Pre-Civil War era. Perhaps (laughs) physicians and students and trainees have been discussing cases uh, orally, uh, oral presentations, for longer than 200 years. Wow. So 
Uh, that that just uh, seems pretty intuitive to me. Right. Uh, but you, you think we get good at it by now? But. You right, right, <laughs> and and more importantly, you would think that there would be a standard format, but uh, apparently there's not. Right. Apparently there's not. Uh, in 2003, the snaps format was developed by Case Western Reserve, uh, and what they looked at it's the acronym is S N A P P S. So they looked for brief patient summaries. They looked at narrowing the differential diagnosis to two to three etiologies. Okay. Uh, they then uh, uh, focus on analyzing information to determine the most likely cause of the chief complaint, probing the attending for knowledge, planning patient management, and selecting an issue for self-directed learning. But that's still not really pertinent to emergency medicine. So hit, the, hit me with those one more time. So a student, tell me again, a student is supposed to do which things they're supposed to so again the, the, they want a brief patient summary so be brief be brief uh, a narrow differential just two to three etiologies okay uh, and then uh, analyze the information to determine the most likely cause but this is the most likely cause of a chief complaint not quite emergency medicine okay uh, uh, appropriate probing the attending for knowledge uh, <laughs> that seems wonderful. I've, I've been probed by students before. Uh, <laughs> it's not, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, it's not pretty. They cross-examine you, as I call it, you know. And you think, like, aren't you supposed to know this stuff? Why aren't, Don't I get to ask the questions? Yeah. Uh, can ask questions. So how would that translate into how a student would actually present a case? Go over the case, not give me ten differentials, give me three or four. The most pertinent, right. which, which seems uh, appropriate. Uh, and, in, and in this strategy, it's uh, looking at the most likely cause of the chief complaint, uh, which is, of course, a little bit different than what we do in emergency medicine. Which okay. We're, of course, worried about the most emergent cause of the, the, right. the worst case scenario. And we, but we want to hear both, right? We want to say, like, okay, so although this could be a AAA, it's more likely to be musculoskeletal back pain or what have you. So. Right, right. And then probing the attending for knowledge. For knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we <laughs> How do you do that be. as a student, though? I'm wondering. Like, well, I think that it's difficult to accomplish within four minutes, in, in sub-four minutes, to probe for knowledge. I think that it's absolutely our job to provide the knowledge, but really, um, I think that the the four-minute presentation should be, uh, you know, really should be succinct. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, we can then have a discussion as to. Uh, uh, why their uh, w information they gathered is appropriate or not, and mm -hmm. and and where we can uh, 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 provide further information that's uh, that's appropriate. Um, so after they probe, uh, we then uh, uh, they should discuss planning patient management, and then at that point the student or, or learner should select an issue for self-directed learning. Mm, okay, which is uh, which is great. Uh, now, they, that's pretty interesting. It's the student that starts to say, I'm going to look that up. Mm -hmm. So maybe the connection there that is, I think, uh, a good practice when you're a student is to use the interaction with the attending, trying to learn more, and, uh, and then as a student to then connect that to self-directed learning. Absolutely. And one of the uh, methods that we've been utilizing here is uh, in the right patient that's not otherwise critical or emergent to take those few minutes before they do the presentation mm. and read up on a particular issue or two so that way they are already prepared yeah. uh, ahead of time. There is no excuse 
for not, given the fact that you can walk out of a room two feet and have the world's information available to you on your iPhone. Dr. Google is very smart. I'm telling you, and I, I, I often am puzzled by students who will literally, will, will literally put together a uh, differential and not take the literal, literal two minutes that it takes to just say, you know, I'm gonna check on this. Uh, uh, I wonder if this lab value could be associated with that or what have you. Uh, in your mind, a student that has done the slightest bit of reading and prepping themselves before presentation versus the student that basically comes and says, here's what the answers are. I don't know which one to pick. You tell me, Dr. Pasterstein. Which of those students is, you know, well, yeah, be I a mean, resident you want You mind. want to recruit the resident that's already done their homework ahead right, of time. Exactly. That's, that's clearly the, yeah. the person that you want. It, it, it um, not only shows their character uh, and their uh, attitude towards learning, uh, but really, it's about patient care yeah. as well. So why do you think that students get to emergency medicine, having done the third year, which by definition should have prepared them for oral presentations? How do they get to the emergency department and then find themselves sort of like lost at sea with um, their presentations? Well, I think that in other specialties, um, they might have, the expectation might have been to produce uh, a fairly extensive oral presentation, uh, and, and that would include a complete review of systems, right. the, a complete family history, right. maybe their vaccination history if right. they wear bicycle helmets right. and seat belts. Right. Uh, Smoking cessation. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, and that and that's going to be pretty um, uh, challenging in emergency medicine if, if they choose to include all the right. information. Right, so if you learn your presentation skills from internists and surgeons and pediatricians and what have you, you should not necessarily feel like you've learned EM presentation skills. Absolutely, I think you need the foundation. Right. You need to learn all those uh, questions to ask, but the 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 next step um, is to narrow that down. And so, what would I cut out if I'm a student, right? And I, I you know, I'm like, I get it, CC, HPI, PMH, ROS. You know, like what what am I cutting out of that presentation? To get cutting to out a lot of the alphabet. So, <laughs> what we're cutting out, what uh, the authors of this uh, article recommend, is to really do the your best to figure out the pertinent. Uh, uh, past medical history. Okay. So many patients have a laundry list of medical uh, issues, but many of them aren't necessarily going to be uh, uh, pertinent to, to the case. Okay. So you get all that information, but you review it and you pick out pertinence. So when you're asked as a student, does this guy have AFib and it wasn't pertinent, you know that he had AFib. You didn't just get stuck on what you thought was pertinent. You know that, but you kept it. You keep it out of your presentation. Absolutely. Because you want to streamline it and get to the emergency, right? Absolutely. Okay. So the authors also suggest other areas are the past surgical history, which also um, there might be a un- may or may not be pertinent, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, the social history may or may not be pertinent. Uh-huh. Family history as well, uh-huh. and then I think the biggest area is the review of systems. Okay. So what the authors suggest is not that the student shouldn't ask the review of systems, but they just don't need to include it in the presentation. So where they're including the review of systems is the pertinent positives and negatives okay. within the HPI. So all the things that we just talked about, the past medical history, social history, surgical history, right. family history, and the review of systems, 
is to be included within the HPI, but only the pertinent positives and negatives. Yeah, so uh, being able to pick out the pertinent positives and negatives already distinguishes you as a student if you do that well. Right? Absolutely. So abdominal pain, you know, uh, and uh, blood in the stool. Um, if you can remember that the patient had a, an ulcer and surgery for that and is on a blood thinner, those are all pertinent positives. And if they didn't, they're also pertinent negatives. Those are... Absolutely. So in that same situation, one of the things that we uh, do in emergency medicine, uh, one of the things that uh, Peter Rosen identified 36 years ago, is that we have to assume that every patient has an emergent condition. Right. Uh, we have multiple undifferentiated patients at once. We have to prioritize right, our right, patients. Right. And of course, we're working with incomplete patient data. So yeah. while the student should gather that information, and even if they don't offer it right away, it's up to us then to probe the student right. and to see if they can then uh, provide that information. That's, yeah, that's that is so profound. I mean, really, I think one of the skills of an EM physician is that they assume everybody is partly right and partly wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So they get a medication list from a patient and they go, well, that's great. Are you actually taking all these medications? Right? Absolutely. Or uh, transfer from a nursing home. There's a there is a paperwork that comes with that. They assume, all right, well, this is one part of the picture. I still need to go in and get into the medical records, and it sometimes translates into, for lack of a better term, a rather snarky attitude about it. Like, well, everybody is like lying, or you know, if they say they drink one beer, it's actually ten. But it really is important. It's an important skill to have to realize that you're just, you're, you're, you need as an EM person to realize you're always functioning in this information deficit, basically. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. One of the ways that we uh, help improve our students' presentations is that what we do here at Drexel is we ask them to write uh, an HMP mm -hmm. prior to doing a presentation. Right. Now, what this does for the student is a couple of things. It allows them to uh, organize their thoughts. Exactly. It allows them to really read what they write down and then maybe have an aha moment and mm -hmm. say, ah, they actually gave me this bit of information and this is how it is pertinent or mm -hmm. not. And uh, then it, uh, it really fosters uh, for a better presentation. Sure, sure. When they have it in front of them. Can, can you know, is this just like a natural skill that people just are able to do this type of thing or can it be taught? Like can students really buckle down and really get good at this? Yeah, I definitely believe that there are going to be some people that this is just natural. Right. They can just pick out what needs to be discussed and what doesn't. But this is definitely something that can be acquired. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The the um, really the stellar learners or otherwise the um, real pros, residents and attendings, mm -hmm. they certainly can uh, make some minute alterations to the presentation. Uh, and they might not even recognize the alterations that they're making and they're really gonna make that presentation that much better. What the authors noted is that the students found that uh, some of the senior uh, um, uh, residents and, and attendings were making changes in their presentations, but they found it difficult to identify. Yeah, that's fascinating to me that yeah. you, it's very hard to learn this skill by watching experts. 
because they are uh, functioning at a level that you're really not quite comprehending. For example, um, my favorite is sort of like at 11 o'clock, we're running around the ER signing out, right? And um, it's generally very, very um, just efficient, you know, and it's often attending to attending, right? Mm -hmm. And those types of presentations, one to the other, are like, you know, pilo, taking PO, going to the floor type of presentations. Students sometimes mistakenly extrapolate that to what a a brief focus presentation would be like. And um, I say mistakenly because then they feel bad when they make a presentation and someone says like, well, you're not considering X or Y or Z. So uh, better to take those six points you talked about, um, you know, the, the summarize, narrow, analyze, um, work with your attending for the difficulties, the uncertainties in the case, um, alternative alternative diagnoses, um, give a plan, and then, uh, you know, go f with some self-directed learning. I, I think they're much better off doing that rather than trying to imitate the third year or even the intern mm -hmm. who many times is already well ahead of them in the presentation skills. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, the, the we shouldn't expect the student to be presenting at the level of, a, of an attending or, or a senior resident. But at the same time, we can't expect the, the student to really have a focused, appropriate presentation without having too much extraneous information. Cool. Now, so let's, what, what characteristics of presentation skills reflect emergency medicine traits, would you say? Certainly being focused, right? Including Absolutely. and excluding life threats? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, again, um, we should only have uh, three minutes with the with the chief complaint first and right. and focus on that okay uh, prioritize patients and uh, um, and realize that the presentation is being put into the larger context of the emergency department and and other issues yeah uh, that, that is that key nothing worse like you're running from a trauma to a cardiac case and you know you're you're getting the 20 minute back pain presentation and you you start to say to yourself does this student even realize what's going on around them you know so you yeah. want to see that 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 they have an awareness of context for sure and um and then um accept that you always have incomplete information yeah that's that's one of the challenges yeah um, i think that's pretty that important have. uh again what you don't know you don't know right exactly right so uh, the patient says their CAT scan done at the other hospital was negative. Oh, okay. That's not enough information. And, and uh, you have to go dig that up. You have to go find that, see what negative is. is. Is it negative, but, oh, you need it in another three months because we saw a spot on your liver? Or is it negative, negative, you know? Well, um, I... I, I hope the students uh, grab this article. We're going to put it in the show notes, uh, and uh, it is available on the uh, web to download. It's a great uh, and brief read. Uh, I can tell you for our own Drexel students, we're going to be really teeing this up for them uh, to incorporate into their presentations. It's what you want to see when a student is presenting. Yeah, so thank you uh, so much for allowing me to do this. Uh, so I just want to uh, go over again what we expect. Okay, good. Um, so we expect that there should be a proper chief complaint, right. obviously followed by the HPI. And uh, again, the HPI really should have the pertinent 
uh, history of present illness, obviously, the events leading up to wh uh, whatever they're in the emergency department for, and including the pertinent positives and negatives from the medical history, surgical history, uh, social history, family history, and the review of systems. The HPI should also include the pertinent meds, allergies, and after that, pertinent physical exam, a summary set, uh, statement, followed by the assessment and plan. Okay. All that within four minutes. <laughs> Giddy up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, bye.